Okay, and we're live. Welcome, everybody, to season three. If you're here today, this is a very special episode for me. It's going to be a difficult one, too, but it's needed. And with schedule conflicts and life in general, we are very um, excited to have my daughter on this show today. We're going to talk about real stuff, hard stuff. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's something that we've been waiting for to hear behind the scenes of how life is, is really like with not just dual military parents, but your life as an army child. And then one who has seen all the, the ugly parts of it. So um, let's, let's hear it. So hi, hi, my big girl. <laughs> so tell everybody your most recent, the biggest accomplishment. I just graduated. <laughs> <laughs> And so you chose to attend Sam Houston State University. And even though we wanted you to so desperately attend George Mason when we were in Virginia, why did you choose to go to Sam Houston? Because it was five minutes from your house. <laughs> That's the only reason? <laughs> um, well, Sam Houston State is one of the best criminal justice uh, schools in Texas. And honestly, it was a Google search. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, I've been dreaming about going to the school forever. Uh, I literally just looked up criminal justice schools in Texas and found it. <laughs> so why did you choose to get a criminal justice degree? Um, honestly, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds has been one of my top favorite shows since I was younger. Mom probably should not have let me watch it that young, but it was definitely my favorite. And then also growing up with dad and him being a um, MP definitely made me appreciate the justice system. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help. I want to make it better. And that's what I decided. And so you, when you moved there, you had the opportunity to live in a dorm that was just to criminal justice majors. Oh, yeah. So everyone in the dorm, it was two stories um, on Sorority Hill, and it was full of CJ majors, just like me. And um, the best thing about it is because it was a criminal justice learning community, we will, we were able to um, put our classes together. So every Tuesday, Thursday, we had an 8 a.m. together. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we had an 11 a.m. together. And um, it was so it was so much better for me to be able to be like, hey, you know, like I'm in this class, but so is everyone else here. And so if I ever had any questions, I could literally walk down the hall and ask whoever I needed to. That, I'm so glad that you were able to have that. That's one of the things that made us feel better about dropping you off. And so one of the other things that I didn't agree with, and I just couldn't believe that they let it happen, was all you guys were about 18 years old. And the job that you all got was, or that was recommended, was the prison. Yeah, so uh, Sam Houston is not even a mile away from one of the top known Texas prisons um, called the Walls Unit, and that is Death Row. And it was right down the street from my dorm. So going into criminal justice, I didn't want to work a normal job. I didn't want to work at a supermarket or a department store because that wasn't going to do anything for my career. So being able to work at a prison definitely helped start my career and give me the 
the experience, you know, to work in that field. And, you know, honestly, working in the prison is not the easiest job, but um, it's definitely made me stronger as a person and made me realize like, hey, like this is real people. These are real things that are happening and I get to be a part of it. And so you did that job for about a year before you were just like, I need a break. Yeah. So I worked there June of 2019 till around June, 2020. Um, it's when COVID first hit and uh, it wasn't necessarily the job itself. It was all the stuff that were happening. You know, I work with inmates. I work with um, really, really bad inmates. Um the first part of my year job was um, visitation. So it wasn't, it wasn't too hard. It was um, making sure that the inmates could visit their families on the weekends. And um, I only worked the weekends because I went to school Monday through Friday. Um, but then COVID hit and, you know, there's 2000 inmates in this one building and not enough staff. And so I was put to work in the kitchen. Visitation was shut down. Everything was shut down. So I was put to work in a kitchen and I probably made more than 2000 sandwiches a day just to feed these inmates. And I'm like, this is, this is nuts. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not a lunch lady. <laughs> so I was like, I, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to do something a little less stressful. So I worked at a car wash for a couple months just to, just to calm down a little bit, you know, and, you know, I had a job during COVID. So that's, a lot of people lost their jobs. So that was very hard for them, but I was so lucky to be able to get that job at the car wash and, and still go to school when it was all online, you know? And how do you feel like growing up with both of your parents in the army prepared you for, for life to be able to go to Texas by yourself and get a job and do all these things? Do you think that any of that had something to do with it? Um, I would, I would definitely say so. Um, if, if people don't know my dad, he is a hard ass and I know I'm not supposed to test, but that's really <laughs> the only word I can, I can say to describe my father. Um, and growing up with that and the, just the way that he was used to how life was like military wise. I remember growing up shoes outside the door, hospital corners on the bed, make the bed every morning before you even went anywhere. It was up at seven, you know, no naps. I used to have to sneak naps in because he didn't believe in them. Um, but it definitely gave me discipline. And growing up with someone who wasn't afraid to tell you like, hey, you know, you're not doing good right now. You know, you need to step up, you need to do better. Um, it definitely helped me into the person I became because, you know, you have to have a backbone working with inmates. You really do. And especially in this um, field that I want to go into, it's a hard world, especially for a female. So growing up with my dad telling me like, you need to be, you know, you, you need to work harder. You need to understand that people aren't going to treat you like a kid forever. And just because you're a female, you're not going to, you're not going to get any special treatment. So I learned that and I learned it the hard way, but it helped me where I am now. I know growing up for you guys was also a little difficult because everywhere we went, we tried to put you into a small school, right? <laughs> it was a um, private school, a non, no, there was always, it was either a private school, Christian school, something like that. So, <laughs> um, something with uniforms. 
And how did that, how do you think that helped or um, affected you later on? Um, it changed like education wise. Mm. Um, I definitely had a lot more, um, a lot better experiences for my education than I would have going to a public school. Um, uniforms, I hated them at the time, but looking back, like it really helped, you know, growing up and with self-esteem because I didn't have to get the newest fashion to wear to school that day. You know, it was, everyone was wearing the same thing. No one, no one could talk about your clothes because we're all wearing it, you know? Um, I, looking back, like I, I do appreciate the small environment, but it definitely affected how I was when I went to college because um, I know we went and looked at Texas A&M and as soon as I walked on campus, I was overwhelmed. I was like, this is, this is huge. Cause I don't know if you guys know, but my graduating class was 20. I had 20 people in my class. Um, and don't ask me what my ranking was. Um, but anyway, so it was definitely, it was a little hard to adjust going to a bigger school and, you know, having more than 20 people in your class. So, so how do you feel um, about the fact that both of your parents were complete opposites? You had one parent that was a hard ass who was strict that tried to not show so much emotion, but then you had a very emotional person. Um, it definitely confused me. <laughs> um, because there were some situations where I was very mature for my age and I didn't act my age. And a lot of people noticed that, especially when um, growing up with adults and in your careers, um, I was introduced to a lot of um, older people and older groups that I hung out with. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, usually when you, when you look at it, the dad's always the hard one. The mom's always the, the nice one to talk to and the easier one to handle. So I know when dad said no, I would go and sneak and ask you. And <laughs> I mean, not saying that you weren't strict because you were, but. You know, I was it, a softie. I was more of the softie. It depends on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back at it, at things now, um, now that we've had the hard conversations about what I was struggling with back then, how did it, how did you feel? I, I mean, I know that it, it, it probably made you grow up a lot quicker than you had anticipated, but how did it make you feel back then seeing the emotional, um, just the emotional outrages or all the things that I, that, that I went through? How did, how did you, what, what did you think at the time? Um, well, it was a little, a little weird for me. Um, because starting from a young age, I don't even know when it started, but I know, I remember just like starting from the first memories I had that um, we always had to be careful about what we said to you. Mm -hmm. We always had to be cautious of um, how we explained to you, or if you did something wrong, we couldn't necessarily tell you because we didn't know how you, you know, there was a lot of times when um, you were going through your, your breakdowns and uh, you would lock yourself in your room for days. And um, at that time, dad really stepped up because he would take us out and he would try to, you know, talk to us like, it's okay. Like mom's just going through something. 
and it has nothing to do with you guys. Mm-hmm. So him, him putting that into our heads, like, Hey, like this isn't your fault. You know, mom, mom's just going through something. It, it made it a little easier, mm-hmm. but it was still like, even to this day, like I'm, I mind what I say to you because I'm so used to, to, you, you know, going through that emotional stuff and having to be very careful about what we say to you. There was one particular thing that that I had put in the book, uh, one particular event that I had put in the book. Do you remember that that one event that really, I think that's when you really, um, one thing you really remembered? My 10th birthday. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know what happened that day. I just remember I was so excited for my birthday. And at that time we were living in the duplex in Kansas. So you had your house, dad's house was four in the duplex. Mm-hmm. And um, we had went to your house and you had locked us out. Mm-hmm. And so dad took me to the bowling alley and, you know, I had a good time. And then I just I couldn't have you there because you were going through stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you think, so we could talk a little bit about the separation. So when the separation happened between your dad and I, um, I think you were guys were a little bit too young to really understand, but how did that, um, how did, what was going through your head later on? Cause I know you and your brother got really close and had each other to, to lean on and talk to you, but how do you think that, yeah. um, how did you get through that? Um, well, it wasn't the best time, honestly. Um, I was the oldest, so I understood more than Blaze did. And um, I remember I kind of took over the role as the mom mm-hmm. in the household. And uh, you had moved like right down the street we would we would have um visits with you like on the weekends or something like that um but we would mostly live at dad's house and i just remember like i wouldn't i would try not to cry in front of blaze and i would um, i make sure he got ready in the morning and like if he got in trouble with the grades i, I used to hide his report cards because he used to he, he wasn't very good at school and i didn't want you know dad to to get upset with him because when you were in the household, you were the mediator. You were able to to talk him through it, and, and and we didn't have that anymore. So it was almost like I had to. I felt like I had to take over that role and be that figure for Blaze, and then help Dad when he needed to because he worked very long hours. So I would cook, I would clean, you know, I would I would do my homework without being asked. I would help Blaze with his homework. So. So now, so now we're here. Um, I I wrote the book. You read it. What were some of the things in there that you were just like? I didn't. I had no idea. And did you? Did it make you kind of understand why I do what I do now, or why that I am the way that I am? How did that make you feel? Um. Well, reading your book, nothing really surprised me. I had heard a lot of it growing up um even if it was like a secret i had heard some of it whether it was you talking to your friends or or whatever um but it made me feel like really proud of you for for being able to open up 
and especially with that incident when you were a child, um, it made me understand like why you were so weary of me going over to friends' houses and you had to meet their parents. And at the time I was so upset because I'm like, why do you have to meet their parents? Like, I can't just go to my friend's house. But I didn't realize like, hey, like this thing happened to you and it changed the way that you are. And you, you became a protective parent over Blaze and I. And there were so many instances where something could have happened, but you, you shielded us from it and you helped us grow up and, and uh, sometimes you were a little too protective, but it's okay. It's okay. Cause I realize why now. I want to bring on, um, so thank you so much, Tammy, for your comment. Thank you, Paul, for being on here. Uh, this is hard stuff, right? Um, even here as I'm sitting listening to her, it, it, uh, it brings back a lot of memories. And uh, although I can't change it, we can just uh, change the future, right? So I appreciate my daughter, if you're just tuning in, as she's talking about the real stuff about living with dual military parents and a one parent who suffers from mental health struggles. So thank you so much, Tammy, for, for your comment. Um, so, oh, yeah, this is a, it gets emotional. Um, how did you feel when I started sharing about all this stuff on social media? Ooh, I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed um, because a lot of my friends were already friends with you on social media. Mm. They'd be like, look what your mom posts. And I was like, oh, again, she posts like every day. <laughs> um, but then you know, I was like, I started to realize like, hey, like some of the stuff she's saying, actually could help someone this could actually tell people like hey you're not alone in feeling like this and um and I think that really helped me a lot to realize like you weren't just doing this to be famous <laughs> like you were doing this because like you struggled a lot while I was growing up and even before that and so you were able to show how your struggles helped you later on or how talking to someone helped you later on and keeping it bottled up isn't going to do anything. That doesn't help anyone. So by you stepping forward and making that first step and saying like, hey, I did this. You wrote a whole book about it. Like even your struggles, like everything that would be embarrassing you wrote about. And it's not even, you shouldn't even be embarrassed about it because you're helping people in the end. You're telling people that you went through all this hard stuff and look where you're at now. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Paul, when we're going up as kids, we don't realize why our parents are doing the, th doing the things that they do. It's not until we are grown that we somehow somewhat better understand. Yes. I mean, even with me, I'm still uh, realizing why my mom, my mom does what she does. So <laughs> it's so, uh, it's, it's so different to hear it from, from my daughter's perspective, you know, because yes, I get him. I'm embarrassing on social media. <laughs> Paul says, well said Haley. <laughs> uh, I know I still embarrass you sometimes cause I can't take a selfie to save my life, but overall, overall, 
<laughs> you um you see that there's a method to my madness, right? <laughs> Even when you were trying to put me in all girls school. <laughs> Look, sometimes we do things. Oh, Tammy says sharing helps so many of us realize we are never alone when we shine a light on the hard stuff it allows others to shine a light on their own absolutely i uh so i don't know if you're okay with talking about this but i i know that i have shared uh i went i started going to therapy a couple years ago and it was with the Stephen a cohen foundation um there was a period in in your in your life where you were struggling a little bit, how did you feel when I said, maybe you should, you know, you should talk to somebody. And then uh, how did you, how did you go about doing that? Um, I've never been embarrassed to say that I wanted to do therapy or talk to someone professional because they're professionals for a reason. Um, I went through a couple hard times in my own life. where I, you know, didn't want to get out of bed. And I think it scared me because I, I remembered what you went through and I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to resort to acting that way or behaving that way because I didn't know any better. So um, I'm actually seeing a therapist right now. You know, I, I have a, an appointment at four o'clock <laughs> uh, and it's just easier to talk to someone who can listen to what you're going through and actually give great advice because I know like personally, I'm like a therapist to my friends, um, but I'm not a professional, but if you know, you can't see a therapist, I'm you know, always open to talk to you and give my best advice because a lot of the things that we're going through right now, we're going through together. So a lot of my friends will come to me and talk to me about things and relationships or parents or, or whatever. And we just talk about it. It's easier to talk to someone that knows you and that understands what you're doing. And I know one of the things that we can't do is force our kids to do that. I mean, I could tell you all day long, why don't you call? Why don't you call? And because of your age, I can't go on there and say, she needs to do it. You have to make that choice on your own. And so you've been doing this for a while. You've been with the Stephen A. Cohen Foundation, right? Yes. Um, I've had the same therapist for like a year and a half years um i took a break you know they only do a couple sessions at a time i think it's like eight sessions um and then when i felt myself getting back into that low part of my life i was like i need to get back into it and they were able to give me the same therapist i had before she had all the notes from what happened before and um she knew exactly what i was going through because she knew me from before so pick up right back up from that point that we stopped would you recommend this to other other people your age? Uh, absolutely. I know it's difficult because um, a lot of people are prideful and it's hard to, you know, make that step and say, you know, I'm going through something that I can't go through alone mm-hmm. and then decide to talk to someone, a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly the best thing that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I have never looked down on someone for using therapy because it is so helpful. Mm-hmm so amazing to know that you're not the only one that's going through anything. There are people everywhere going through something right now, but if you take that step forward and actually start talking about it, that's when you're going to see the 
results. Mm -hmm. And you sound so grown up, right? You guys, she's only 21. <laughs> but she's been through obviously a lifetime of experiences with her parents. And I think um, one of the things that you had, you had talked to me, excuse me, talked to me about a few years ago, gosh, it might've been like five was that um, you think that we should do something for kids with parents who are suffering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously we didn't have, someone like you growing up. I wish I did. Um, someone that talked about what they were going through as a parent and then um, someone who encouraged their kids to speak to someone about it. Because at the time that all this stuff was happening with you, we didn't know why. We didn't know what it was and we didn't know how to fix it. So as a kid, I grew up with a lot of guilt because I thought if I got all A's, you know, you would be better. I thought if I played all the sports, you would be better. And that's a lot of stuff that you and dad missed out on being in the military and working so much was a lot of games, a lot of the, you know, ceremonies after, um, like when I think it was my senior year for homecoming or junior year for homecoming, my dad couldn't walk me. So my brother walked me because he was, he was living somewhere else and he was stationed in another area. So um, a lot of that stuff, I feel like I missed out on. But if you have a kid right now and you're going through those mental problems and you're having issues emotionally, um, encourage them to speak to someone because I would much have rather talk to a therapist or a friend or a friend of a friend than feel the way that I felt growing up, thinking that it was my fault, my problem. Um, you know, as a kid, you're supposed to be a child. You're supposed to run around and play and, and not have to worry about uh, what your parents are going through. And um, I, did, I did have those times. Like I, I was a kid for a while, but I was also an adult way too soon. I had to, I had to grow up really fast and I had to, um, I had to be very careful about what I said to you um, because I didn't know if that would be your breaking point again. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, there's like a, an outlet or whatever that people can talk to or their kids can talk to, but I am always available. I have been through it. I have seen it and I know how to get out of it. I know how to stop feeling that way. So if your kids need someone to talk to, I know it's embarrassing <laughs> to say, Hey, you know, my, my friend's daughter, you know, wants to talk to you or you should go talk to her. But there's so many kids out there that go through what I go through and not even just the emotional part of having a parent with, you know, emotional issues. It's, it's the, the military part of it. Because, you know, a lot of the kids that I went to school with grew up in that area, you know, and then I just moved. I moved every couple years and had to start over. But it made me, it made me have that relationship with people and I could just pick up and be friends with someone off the bat. Didn't matter who it was. And I'm sure your kids are the same way <laughs> or someone <laughs> you know is the same way. So I am more than happy to talk to your child or you if you need someone to talk to, this is not embarrassing. I'm telling you, it's not. 
And I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons why we wanted to create that. No, we're not sure what we're going to do with it yet, foundation or nonprofit. But um, because there are kids, older kids, because you you were um, nine when the initial separation started and then you had to grow up very quickly throughout the year. So uh, I think that's one of the things that I know that we're working on for 2022. So um because it's needed. So I, I appreciate your, your feedback on that. So what, um, what do you want to do next? Personally, professionally, what is your, what are your goals? Um, I have applied to some other jobs in the criminal justice field. Um, ultimate goal is FBI. Um, but I have to be 23 to apply for the FBI Academy. So I'm just sticking with the criminal justice field until then so that I can pursue my career and my life. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's a little scary, you know, realizing that, you know, I'm not just a kid anymore. I have a bachelor's degree. It's, it's nuts um, to think about that. But, you know, life is just starting. You know, I'm, I'm an adult now. <laughs> I've been an adult for a long time, but like I'm an adult. Um, so I'm <clears throat> waiting to hear back from those jobs. I'll still currently work at the prison. Um, and then we'll see what the step up is from that. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you real quick about, so you've, you've had a serious boyfriend that we, that we adore um, for the past year and a half. How has you you've seen a lot of stuff that your dad and I had gone through when you were younger and it's not something that we're proud of how we handle things. So how does that affect your relationship um, when it comes to emotions and communications and, and all that? What, how does that affect that? I hate to admit it, but Daniel is just like my dad. Um, he, we've known each other for a couple of years, ever since I moved, um, and started going to college, we met and we lived in the same dorm right down the hall from each other. Um, having that friendship first was probably the best thing that we could have ever done. Um, I dated people in between. He saw people in between. Um, <clears throat> but last year we, we, we just knew, I guess we finally took that step into a relationship. Um, it definitely affects how I act in my relationship um, has affected all my relationships, actually, the growing up with you and dad. And, and um, I just know that I'm one to talk. I like to talk about my feelings and I have to try to get Daniel to open up about it. <laughs> so that's a little more difficult, um, but he's getting there and um, he understands that if I say something, it's not, out of hate or um, just to get a jab at him. Like it's, I'm going through stuff and he knows that and he knows how I grew up and the, my previous relationships and um, the struggles that I had with those and um, just having that friendship and him being there for me through those relationships really helped him understand like who I am as a person. And he, he loves me unconditionally. Um, <laughs> So he, he's trying really hard and it's, it makes me feel a little <clears throat> bad 
that he has to put up with so much with me, but um, it's a long-term thing. And we both know what we want. We both have the, the same ideas for future careers and um, we're just trying to make it work right now. So once you see yourself starting to act like me per se, uh, <laughs> you, you step back and go, wait a minute, maybe we should talk about this or how do you handle that? Um, yeah, I, uh, we don't usually fight. We don't usually argue. Um, he's not an argumentative person. <laughs> uh, even though, even if I try, even if I try to argue, he will not argue with me. Um, he apologizes for everything, even if it's not his fault. And that's something that I've been talking to him about because, you know, if it's not your fault, don't apologize. You know, it's me. <laughs> I'm the issue right now. Um, but usually I take a step back. I, I think about like all the great things that we've done together and the person that he's made me to be. Um, and sometimes I'll just go for a drive. And I know you hate to hear that, but I go for a drive at night, <laughs> an hour away from my house. <laughs> oh, my God therapeutic for me and listening to songs and you know even I need to cry it out you know it's better than putting all these expectations on him that shouldn't be on him just because of what I went through or my previous relationships you know he's his own person and I can't expect him to react the way that I want him to so that's kind of the biggest understanding that we've been going through recently is that I expect him to act a certain way um, or react a certain way. Um, and he doesn't, he, he has his own brain. He's his own person. And, you know, if I want to cry because I didn't get Starbucks that day, he's going to be like, it's fine. We'll go tomorrow, you know, and <laughs> it's, that's how he is. And I, and I very much appreciate that because if we were the same person, we would clash 24 <laughs> seven. And he likes to play video games and, you know, I'm outgoing and I want to go out or I want to sit and watch Harry Potter for the 15th time <laughs> and he'll do it with me just because I asked. So <laughs> Tammy says it's okay to have discussions with them to not let it build up in our relationships. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something. Um, Paul said using a therapist is much better than other choices. You did well. Yeah. Let's, exactly. let's, let's talk about that for a minute because I, I know that I used, I used alcohol as a form of uh, numbing, numbing the pain away. And you had mentioned that I drank a lot more than what I thought. So what did you see? And then how have you used that in your life? Um, well, I wouldn't say you were necessarily an alcoholic. Um, I, I didn't notice, I think when I was, when we were living in El Paso, probably from like eighth grade, ninth grade time era, um, it was like a glass every night or multiple glasses a night. And, um, during those times, we just tried, Blaze and I tried to just give you your space and let you do your thing because you were working long hours. Like Blaze and I had friends pick us up from school or we had a nanny at the time because um, you were working so much. And uh, I just saw the way that it affected your mood. And 
you know, you were hanging out with people that you probably shouldn't have been hanging out with. <laughs> um, but you had been so, what's the word? So, like, so um, worried about your job. So focused on working that you hadn't had the time to just be a teenager or an early teen because you went into the to the military thing pretty early. Um, so you didn't have that time. And um, I didn't drink in high school. I didn't do drugs in high school. I wasn't one of those kids. I didn't go to parties. Um, the most fun was probably bonfires that, you know, the little country kids that would do every now and then. Um, so coming to college, I was like, Dang, I can do everything I want. I can stay out late. I'm, I'm on my own. My parents are a thousand miles away. Um, but mom had life 360. So she definitely knew <laughs> what I was doing. She still knows what I'm doing. Actually. Uh, we still have that. <laughs> um, but that's a discussion for later. Anyway. Um, I just seeing you act that way around alcohol definitely affected the way I acted around alcohol. I think my first couple weeks I was like a party every Friday or, you know, um, but I've never been like blacked out. I've never drank so much where I couldn't know what was going on with me. And I think you're the reason why, because I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing. And like all those um, thoughts you instilled in my brain, like, Hey, like, be careful when you go to a party, like cover your drink, don't leave it open. All that stuff like really affected the way I thought about when I went, when I went places that I didn't know the people or I only knew a few people because things can happen like that. And it's scary to think about, but it can. So I was very careful in what I did and who I went out with and to make sure there was always a driver, especially after our car accident. I, I didn't trust barely anyone to drive. So I was very careful in all the decisions I made when it came to alcohol, when it came to going places that I didn't know people. So Patrick is on here and he says that he really wanted to drop into this, this episode because you don't see a lot of podcasts that go into deep conversations like this between mother and daughter. Yeah, this is a first, right? <laughs> she's, um, she's of age, so she could talk about whatever she wants. <laughs> and we and uh, we just wanted to bring this to light to anybody that's out there. Our relationship wasn't always like this, though. We we struggled for for a few years, and it was difficult. So talk about that really quick. You did not want to tell me a lot of things because of the way I was. Um. Yeah, there was a time where I didn't tell you anything. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't talk to you about people I was dating. I wouldn't talk to you about school or sports because um, there was a time where a lot of the stuff you were going through was blamed for on me and it wasn't it wasn't me but um, I guess what you were going through it was easier to place the blame on someone and obviously dad didn't he didn't have emotions. <laughs> So it was, it was kind of hard to, to yell at him because he would just sit there. He would just sit there and take it. But, you know, I was, I was younger. And um, so I hid a lot of things about what I was going through or um, the first, a lot of firsts for me, because uh, there was a time when you would 
throw it in my face and use it um, as a weapon on me. And that was very difficult. It was very difficult. So um, it, it took a lot for me to start to be able to talk to you about this stuff. Like um, I've, I've had a, a few relationships, but Daniel was like one of the first people that I actually brought home other than like my high school boyfriend um, that I felt comfortable talking to you about him and uh, you know, saying what was going on with us because I knew that we were at that, at that point that where we could actually talk about it and have adult conversations and not just you as a mom, me as a daughter. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things too, that really opened up our relationship. Um, I mean, I think like really, really was the, uh, was the car accident. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we take a lot of things for granted. I know that it really made me see we had that we had a second chance at life and that I had to own up to what I was going through and do something about it. So how did it make you, you were only, um, you hadn't even turned 18 yet. Yeah. I was in the hospital on my 18th birthday. Um, I don't know. It felt like a normal day, you know, it was the beginning of my new life. We were driving here to move me into college and, and in an instant, you know, everything changed. I remember sitting in the car as it was turned on its side after we just got hit and me thinking, Oh great. How are we going to get to school now? We just crashed the car. (laughs) So uh, I definitely wasn't one to freak out, but you know, I looked over at you, saw your damage, looked at myself, saw my leg was, you know, broken. And I realized this wasn't going to be an easy time. It wasn't just going to be normal. Let's go pack up and we can head there tomorrow, you know? So that was a little difficult for me. I know I went through a really hard time um, after that. I know you did um, because we had been taken to two different hospitals. So we couldn't, you know, go through recovery together. And I had to stay at my grandparents and uh, she was a Vietnam nurse. And that, that lady definitely, <laughs> she was definitely the, the one I needed. <laughs> um, she didn't come me any slack, but it was definitely what I needed. Now I can walk fine. You know, I beep when I go into the prison through the metal detectors, but, <laughs> um, you know, we learned and we grew. So what do you think that did for our relationship? It uh, definitely opened my eyes, you know. Um, it was probably selfish of me, but that night I said I can get my own iCloud <laughs> so you can stop getting my messages. Uh, <laughs> I definitely use that to my bank. Um, but, um, you know, we were going through the same thing. We were, we were in the hospitals and um, we both had pretty major injuries. And uh, realizing that it could have been so much worse. You know, I remember dad, especially him not having very many emotions, telling us that, you know, hearing that call, like he almost broke down. And that was very, that was very scary to me because I don't, I don't see my dad like that very often, if ever. Um, So I knew it was very serious. And since then, we call three, four times a week, if not more, once every day. We talk about what's going on in our lives and and uh, I don't feel judged 
in the decisions I make. You know, you tell me what's right and wrong, um, but I can make my own and you support me. Yeah, definitely been a long road, but I think we've both grown from it tremendously since then. And just being here, being able to talk about uh, all these things, it's um, it's it's definitely different. I know everyone that's watching, you have not seen this before because one, she's always busy. Two, um, it's it's hard. It's hard as I sit here and reflect back, and and I think about uh, the person that I was and the person that I am now, and it's. Um, it's been it's been a long a long road to recovery not phys not just physically but emotionally as well so um i'm just uh i'm so proud of you for for everything that you're doing and i i thank you for listening to my crazy ideas and reading my facebook posts or instagram the only one that i'm not able to see i think is snapchat but i don't even care because you know um we could teach our anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we could teach our kids so many things but then we have to let go right and we have to trust but she knows right from wrong and i think one of the other things i think is funny too is that you knew if you messed up in school it could ruin your career and you can lose your your benefits <laughs> We had to constantly tell her that, um, you know, thankfully, I don't, I don't know if I should be, I guess I should be thankful to the VA for my disability <laughs> to be able to get, provide my kids the education that they have. But we constantly reminded her, okay, go ahead and mess up and it's not going to be paid for anymore. So but she learned quickly. The thing was that even though, you know, the VA was helping me pay tuition, everything else that I had, I worked for. You know, I wasn't just taking that free money and, and just spending it. You know, I got an apartment. I paid off a truck. I, uh, every, everything I own, my phone, I pay, you know, I even insurance on Blaze's vehicle. <laughs> so that's true. I definitely, I definitely have been doing the adult thing since I was 18. So well, I went just like everyone else. And we've always talked about budget and money. I've always been like that. So we constantly try to instill that into you kids about, you know, how much you have for the end of the month after you pay off all your bills. And I know it goes in one ear, not the other, but eventually you learn and you're like, oh, shit, I really don't have as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie and say I'm the most experienced <laughs> in budgeting. Um <laughs> But I definitely make sure that all my bills are paid. That's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, I just got a credit card trying to build up credit. So that's, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. There's so many things that we have to, I mean, we still have to learn. Even I have to look at my credit score. You know, I have to make sure that I'm up to par, that I have a good credit rating. Because I, you know, it, it affects all of us. So it, it's 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 just funny now that because we're seeing you. Uh, learn all these all these things and sometimes it doesn't happen overnight or even after a couple of years it takes years to get there but you you've been doing it so tell me how is your relationship with your brother I think one of the things that I I really um love is the fact that you guys can just call each other uh, I won't know about it all the time and um, I'm okay with that but 
I know that he could just pick up the phone or you could just pick up the phone and talk to him about us, really, life. Yeah, um, it definitely didn't always used to be like this. We had the brother-sister rivalry and he would tattletale on me. Um, but as he got older in high school, you know, we, we became closer and we were able to talk about um, some of the stuff. Because I do, I do remember a conversation I had with Blaze a couple years ago. Um, well, it was probably, probably a while ago. Um, where uh, me and you had been arguing or something. And, and Blaze and I went and drove somewhere and uh, he, he was like, why can't you just do what she says, you know? Why do, why do you always cause problems? And I'm like, well, you don't understand because Blaze had a different view of our situation growing up than I did. And I shielded him from that. So um, having that, he thought that it was me, you know, just arguing with you for no reason. But he didn't know like what me and you had gone through ourselves. Um, so I told him my I was, I was tired of him blaming me. And I said, you know what? Well, mom did this and this and this to me. Do you remember? And he was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Cause I had been so good at shielding him from it mm-hmm. that he didn't even remember growing up the way I did. And that's what I wanted from him. Um, so ever since we had that conversation, we, he calls me when he wants to talk about girls, you know, um, <laughs> he drives my old truck. You know, I gave that to him. Um, and, you know, he asked me about, you know, school and, and, um, we talk about, you know, normal life stuff. We were, we're able to have those conversations now. No, I love that. Uh, Paul said when we were talking about credit cards, he says, just don't get too many. I'm keeping one. (laughs) Yes. It's percentage back on gas and eating out. So, and I'm very OCD about the payments. I've been paying it like every day, every day I use it, I pay it back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul also says it's been awesome listening to Haley's side of growing up and all the stuff she went through. Thank you. And Tammy, I love that you have that connection with your brother. Yeah, it's definitely hard to get it, but I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Well, um, is there anything else that any advice you would give to, I guess parents really, cause you've seen us both. Thank you, Paul. He says he has to go. You have seen us both through our good and bad days. And as a child or not a child, as a, as a 21 year old now, any advice you would give to parents when they are going through something like this? Um, like have a like should the, obviously they should probably have a conversation with their kids and and just tell them what's going on rather than try to mask it with everything that they did the major thing that i wish that we had done when i was younger is um you being honest with what you were going through because as an adult i mean obviously i don't have any kids but growing up as the kid perspective um your kids see a lot of the stuff that you do that you don't know that they see mm-hmm. you know and you think, oh, they're just kids. They're not going to understand. Talk to us about it. You know, be honest because we know a lot more than you think we do. You know, um, don't, I mean, of course we're young adults or we're kids or, and there's an appropriate time to talk about some things going on, but 
open up and be honest about the struggles you're going through because your kids are always going to look up to you. You're the parents, but it's easier to look up to someone who's honest and who talks about what they're going through than just seeing them as a person who lies and doesn't want to, you know, speak about all the stuff that they have on the parent side. Cause I'm not a kid and you know, I was a kid at the time, but in a mature level, I wasn't at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, when my parents were talking about a divorce, they didn't want to speak about everything because they didn't think I could handle it. Just be honest, just talk about it because I'd rather have gone through that time in my life with my parents talking to me about it than me being in the dark and learning about other stuff later on and then having to put them back together and say, oh, so she acted like this because this is what happened back then. I'd rather just know. Right. And then what would you give to advice? What advice would you give to uh, young adults? It's hard. It's hard um, opening up about all the stuff that you go through, especially as a military kid moving and having new friends and all the stuff that comes with it. It's very difficult, but you're not the only one that goes through it. There's thousands of kids that um, have military parents and they go through the same thing you do. So find someone you can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. No, that's so true. Um, communication, I think is the biggest, it's the hardest thing, but the most important thing. And it's it's hard to, to have that because I think as parents, or I know as parents, we do try to shield you from the hard stuff. We try to shield you from knowing the real truths. And um, it, it's hard because we don't want you to go through what we're going through. We don't want you to feel that pain, but we also we don't. In a different way. Yep. We'll see it. You're right. You're, you're right. And so that's why. Um, I think this episode was so important, but we're going to do more. She has so much more life experience to share. And um, I already called her out on it, though, but she's supposed to be writing a book. So she's really good at she's a really good writer and drawer. If you guys haven't, you you never knew that. You never knew that about her. She got that talent from her dad. And um, we're trying to bring that creativity out of her before she starts being all important stuff as an agent. So uh, we want to get her to do that. But thanks, Haley, for being on here. And thank you for, for being honest about everything, even though it's hard to hear. Um, we have definitely grown a lot. And now you know why I share so much so that we can help other people. And that's why you're sharing is to, to help other people too. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Please let us know if you have any questions, if you want to reach out to her, let me know and we could get you her contact information for obvious reasons. We're just not going to share it because she's still my girl. So just let me know, but she's available obviously because she has a caring heart just like her mama. So thank you guys for being on here. Um, oh, Tammy says, great job, ladies. And the kids are so observant. And they really are. They're a lot smarter than we think they are. So um, until the, until next time, I will let you know, obviously, when she will be back on again. But for now, I appreciate all of you that have been watching. If 
you are able to please share. We are we are on all platforms. This is also going to be on YouTube or it is already on YouTube. And so please share it. Please subscribe to our channel so that we can continue growing. And thanks again. Have a great day.